0: everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovey, and this is a very big weekend in the world of professional wrestling. It is All Out weekend, and a little later on, I'm going to have a preview of All Out, and I'm going to be talking with Jim Boy Stars. We're going to go through all the matches that have been announced for All Out plus give our predictions as to who will win the matches and maybe what could happen this Sunday at All Out. Um unfortunately we have to start the show with sad news. Um I, I think everyone's heard by now the passing of Sharon Spruill, better known to wrestling fans as Daphne, um, who passed away yesterday at the age... Or, yes, yeah, Sh- Shannon Spruill, um, who passed away at the age of 46 years old. Um, it is believed that she committed suicide. And... There was some fear, some worry about her on Wednesday night because she was on Instagram and did a a live video and I, I didn't see the video but one of the things she did say in the video was donate my brain to Boston, which, for those that may not know what that means, um, basically, she was saying, donate my brain to get it studied for CTE, uh, to the Concussion Legacy Foundation in Boston, where, um, Christopher Nowinski works at and they've done a tremendous job studying the brain and trying to figure out CTE over the last 15 plus years. Um this is this, this is a sad story because it's one of those stories where, and I I, I don't want to say the right thing here, where it's like, it's one of those things that you can't really control, you know, Suicide is one of the leading causes of death in the United States. I read a report yesterday that in 2019, over 400,000 people committed suicide and over a million people attempted suicide in 2019. And Daphne is now going to be a stat, a statistic of people committing suicide. I've had in my life a couple of friends who have committed suicide. Um, and when you hear it, when you hear the news, it's tough, and then when you think of the person, it's even tougher, and there's truly been a lot of grieving, a lot of sadness in the world um with this story and Daphne was somebody that you know was everybody's friend like if you went to a convention if you went to a show if you got your picture taken with her she was a very cool person i got a chance to meet her in 2013 at, uh, at WrestleCon in New Jersey, and there was a, a shimmer table. It was her, Lexi Fife, and Nikki Rocks, all there, and those three women could not have been any nicer to me. And Daphne was the coolest one of the three. She was... Absolutely wonderful to talk. Absolutely wonderful to take a picture with. And it's you know like when I took the pic or when I got my picture taken, it's like, yo, this is this is the the girl from WCW. You know, she was with David Flair. She was with Crowbar. And then you know you go further along. She was in Ring of Honor for a while in the early years of Ring of Honor with CM Punk and Cole Cabana. <coughs> And, you know, she was in Shimmer, she wrestled in Shimmer for a while, and she was paired up with Mischief, and that was a really good combo right there, Mischief and Daphne. Uh, And then she was in Impact for a while, and it's easy to say that with Daphne, she was just so easy to like. As a person. I never really heard. Anything. Bad about her. I never heard anybody see anything negative about her. She. You know. Was just a sweetheart of a person. And. It's. A shame that. You know. We lost somebody that. That is a wonderful person like Daphne. and it's it, it, this is this is a hard one for a lot of people. This is really a hard one to take a, a hard one. It, it, it's just hard. This is just a hard loss for the wrestlers, wrestling fans. People that knew her. And something I've always said uh, on my Facebook many, many times, and I will say it here on, on this podcast. If you ever have a problem, if you ever have a problem, feel free. To talk to somebody. If it's me... Because I I know there are a lot of people that listen to this show. And, you know, they talk to me. And sometimes I talk to you guys. You know, if I'm down. Uh, Some of you guys are absolutely wonderful for checking in on me at times. And, you know, this... That's what we need. That's what people need in this world. Our friends and people you know, to be checked on, to check on them, make sure that we're all all alright, because you never know when, um, you never know when you're, you know, gonna say goodbye, cause, you know, we all have this thought, this idea that we're gonna be around for a long, long time, and then something like this happens and it's it's hard you know um this this is a tough tough um story to deal with because a lot of us I I, I feel a lot of us at some point in our lives have dealt with either a friend or a family member, a loved one who we've lost through suicide. And it's okay to not be okay. That's it's okay to, you know, to break down and cry. It's okay to, you know, just let your energy out but do it in a positive way if you if you got to talk to someone please talk to somebody it, that's how much it means um i want to send on behalf of our listeners and our staff our our thoughts our prayers to Daphne's friends to her family at this time this this is a difficult situation, um, one that really cannot be joked about. There's no way you can joke about this. I, if you joke about it, I think you're a terrible person. But just remember, if you ever need to talk to somebody, and I'm saying this to everyone that is listening to this podcast right now, If you ever need someone to talk to. Feel free to find someone to talk to that person. Because it may take one. It may take more than one person. To to listen to you. To talk with you. But that's what we need. Is people to listen to us. And if more people would listen to other people that are in bad situations, the world would truly be a much better place. Daphne, uh, like I said, passed away yesterday at the age of 46. Right now, uh, we're going to go to a pre-recorded segment of my picks with Jim Boy Star for All Out, and what else could happen this Sunday. And after that, I'll be back with a couple of interesting wrestling news stories. Well, this is the big weekend that everyone has waited for. It is all Out weekend, and we're going all out with this preview because joining me right now is the host of Now That's What I Call Podcasting and Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. It is Jim Boy Star.
1: Hey, Bill. So uh, everyone, just bear with me. I've I'm been fighting a cold for the last couple of days, so you might hear me drink a lot of water on my end. But I definitely want to uh, talk about All Out. I am still following... AEW pretty regularly and uh, I'll say this much about the show and obviously we'll go through the matches Mm -hmm. I don't know if people are going to take this as an insult or a compliment for this show but this feels like the most WWE feeling show that AEW is put on hmm And we'll get into why I think that. I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's to be seen. But I'll tell you why I feel like it.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense.
1: What about you? What are your overall thoughts before we get into the matches? Honestly,
0: I think this is stacked. Like, there are so many big matches on here. More than... I I would say the exception would be double or nothing. But, like... If you compared it to, like, a full gear or even like a WWE, like if you were to compare it to say like a Backlash or an Extreme Rules, this is kind of a big show. Just looking sure. at the matches here on and, it, and
2: again,
1: my comment—I'm not really again. People can take it how I they want, but I'll explain why it feels like a WWE-ish show to me at least.
0: Okay. Um. One thing that I do want to mention before we get into the card is one of the matches that was scheduled to happen at all out is now not going to happen. Andrade El Idolo against Pac has been postponed, I guess would be the right word for it. As Pac is hat Pac, Pac I I, I I always mess it up. I, I'm gonna say Pac for this. Okay. One. Um due to Pac having travel issues. So the match is going to, they, they said it on dynamite actually, uh, Wednesday, it yes. is going to happen on a future episode of rampage. So, um, it sucks that we won't get that match. Cause that was one of the matches I was looking forward to, but you just got to go on with the show.
1: And I'm pretty sure this is going to air before rampage, right? Yeah okay, so it's um so obviously some thoughts I might have might be changed after that last rampage. so mm.
0: yeah. So I have the what well, we be, well at the time of this recording, the entire card for all out and we will start with the pre-show or the buy-in match and it is a 10 man tag team match. Where it is Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Utah, and Jurassic Express against the HFO, Matt Hardy, Private Party, and TH two.
1: Uh okay, yeah, I don't think this is for anything in particular. No. Um I mean it is what it is. It's the pre show match. Um I'm disappointed that a lot of these like I feel like Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy should be on the main show, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Orange Cassidy, um, Jungle Boy team is going to wind up winning this one.
0: Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I, I I can't find any reason that Matt Hardy's team should win this match. So, yeah, I'll go with Orange and the Gang. That'll Orange be, and the Gang. Orange and the Gang. You know that that will be the next big uh, big band. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this next match was originally the buy-in match, but because Andrade and Pac is postponed, this has now been bumped up to the main show. It is the women's casino battle royal where the winner gets a future aew women's title shot i have 20 of the 21 because if we haven't figured out by now aew's tradition is we keep the last one as a surprise
1: is that a tradition i know they did it for the last one but i know the first one we knew hangman was
0: in it I don't Maybe it is. Maybe its is, and isn't. I'm not sure. Maybe it feels like a tradition to me. <laughs> okay. So here are the participants that we know of Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, The Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Ty Conti, Diamante, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura. Jade Cargill, Kiara Hogan, Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Kylan King, Rebel, Jamie Hader, Anna J, Riho, and the mystery participant. So, the first thing I'm going to ask you, Jim, who do you think the mystery wrestler is?
1: Um. Probably, I've heard rumors of, and I don't know too much really about her, um, she went by Ruby Riot in mm. WWE, yeah. I've heard that, or I've read that somewhere, so it's probably going to be her, and to be honest you, that doesn't excite me, nor dissuade me from anything,
0: to be honest. Right. Um, I'm going to agree with you, I think that's who the mystery person is going to be for the match doesn't necessarily mean that she has to win the match. Right.
1: (laughs) If anything, I feel like this is actually an opportunity if they want it to be Mm -hmm. a good match for them to actually put emphasis on their women's division, whether or not they want to or not is another question. Um, Certainly a lot of people would say up until now, you know, uh oh, God forbid they do more than two feet, more than one feud at a time for the women. Um, this is a chance to, I mean, really, you could make like two or three feuds from this. Mm-hmm. The obvious winner would fight, um, the winner of the championship match. Yeah. Or, and then in the process, you could have, assuming the person is Ruby Riot, um, and by the way, if let's put it this way, guys. If, if Ruby Riot shows up I, I, outside of being the final person, like if she just kind of walked out with everyone else, I I might not notice because I, I don't think I would be able to tell you what Ruby Riot even looks like at this point. Right. Um, but as a new entrant, she can start a feud with somebody, um, and then you could probably develop at least one more feud with the other participants it does. Have that opportunity again. Will it happen? I don't think so. I think we might get one feud focused on the whoever the mystery woman is, mm-hmm. but I I, I I don't think it'll be as useful as as it possibly could be.
0: Yeah. Do you agree with the mystery person? Or no? I, I I definitely agree because I think with the mystery person, you have to establish, you know, somebody to go after her. So.
1: Now the question is, who do you see winning? And. (sighs)
0: See, this, this is actually the hardest one to pick. Believe it or not. I can believe that. Yeah. Because looking at the list, there's about three or four women I could see win this. Agreed. Uh the first two, right off the top of my head.
1: Well, first, wait. Oh, give, yeah. give me, give me a no chance in hell winning. Who the who's? There's no way this person's
0: winning. Julia Hart.
1: I think, I think Julia Hart has a better chance than. Kylene King. Oh
2: ooh, yeah,
1: that's true. Um I might even argue Julia Hart has a better chance than
0: Rebel. Yeah, yeah. Actually you're right. Um I don't think Nyla's gonna win.
1: I think one of my things is, if you've noticed, and I think we talked about this on the last um, pay-per-view that I was on with you, Mm -hmm. is they've been using, I think, again, except for the first one, it seems like, if we look through the history of the Casino Battle Royal, it's usually not given to someone that is going to main event, a pay-per-view because the person gets the shot on an episode of dynamite, mm-hmm. which is why we, why I didn't go with Christian. Oh no, I might've went with Christian. I, I don't remember, but I, I jungle boy won, And, um, which made sense. Cause again, it's only an episode of dynamite. Yeah. So I'm actually taking anyone who I would say is an odds on favorite to win to not win. Right. So, like, in my opinion, the people that aren't winning this is Dunderosa. Mm-hmm. Um. Probably not. You're. I agree with Probably not Nyla. Probably not Anna J. And then for me,
0: everyone else is like still has a shot. The one that. I'm kind of worried about and I'll explain why I'm worried about if this per, if this woman wins is Jade Cargill. Okay, the reason I'm worried and it's nothing against her. It it, it actually isn't cuz I I actually think she's got a good presentation. My only concern is she's been there Six months, maybe? Mm -hmm. And you could tell if, like, if you've been watching for a while, they like her, they want to push her, but she's not in the position yet to do it. Meaning she needs some more time. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you have her go against whoever the champion is, it's almost a lose-lose situation. because right. Because if you put her... Okay, let, let's say, the, for, for, you know, crazy purposes, Chris Statlander wins the title. Sure. As soon as she faces Jade, Jade's gonna win. Because there's no way that Jade's first loss is going to be... You know, in a match where she's the challenger. I don't think so. Yeah, but she's been fighting in other matches. She has. But with Britt, everybody loves Britt. And she's someone that was in the same position that Jade was in. Where Britt Baker was supposed to be, like, the one. But it took a long time to get her there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're ready for that match yet. Um, yeah, I. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm just saying I I, I I do agree with with you in regards to that. Who else would you eliminate here? Is there she, anyone else Shida, that you would...
0: I would eliminate?
1: See, I think Sheeta has a shot. What why don't we do this? I just let's why don't we just go through each person and say like what we think their chances are? Okay. So we already agreed Nyla is,
0: we don't, we agreed sticker. she's not going to win. What do you think about
1: Dunderuza?
0: I would like to see her win, but I don't think it's time yet. Right.
1: Then we have the bunny. She's pretty
0: low on my list. Yeah. She's low. Yeah. She's not going to be there.
1: Um, I swole. Well, I'm not totally, um, I'm not totally disregarding her. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they can revisit if Britt wins, Britt versus Swole again. Mm -hmm. I'm not, what do you think?
0: Yeah, because it's been over, I I think it's been a year since they had that dentist match, so. Sounds about right. Then we have Julia Hart. Uh, I think Julia
1: Hart has a shot, for sure.
0: Hmm, maybe. Um, Tay Conti. I think she has a shot. I definitely do, too. Diamante. She would be a nice surprise.
1: I don't. I don't see her. Getting I, I don't really. see her. Winning, She's on the low nice, side for me.
0: Yeah, it would be a nice surprise.
1: As is the next person, Penelope Ford.
0: She's been getting some TV time, but I don't see her winning it.
1: And I also don't see Red Velvet winning because if Britt wins, we just had this match. Right. Right. Unlike you, I do think Sheeta has a shot.
0: Okay. Emmy Sakura. Um, maybe she might have a shot.
1: Yeah, I'll put it that way. We talked about Jade already.
0: Yeah. Kiara Hogan.
2: Mm,
1: maybe. I will give it a maybe
0: too. Abaddon. You know, I I would like to see Abaddon have a shot. What is, I wonder what Abaddon's record is, just out of curiosity. Uh, let me go to the uh, AEW site and I'll tell you. Uh, I would say... I'm going to say a low shot on Abaddon, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Okay, this year Abaddon has gone 14-1. Oh, so she has a pretty good record. What, She's got a minutes? pretty doggone good record here.
1: I, so yeah, I can see... For, Curious. Who are the rankings right now as we're recording this? Well, actually, that's not fair because it does. I don't think they update it right after Dynamite.
0: So no, but um, they have it as Chris Stantlander is one, Thunder Rosa two, Sheeta three, Conti four, and Cardgill Cardgill Cargill five. All right. What about Leila Hirsch? What do you think of her chances? Um, you know what? I give her a shot.
1: I'll give her a shot too. Uh, Kylie and King, we've talked about already. Yeah, Rebel, no, yeah, no, there
0: either. Jamie Hattner, Hattner, whatever. It says she just got back. I, I think it may be too early for her. Yeah, agreed. Anna J, okay. no, she no. And the, Rio, I don't think I knew that Rio was actually part of this. I, you know what, Riho might be one that if I had to pick, I mean, it's not my official pick, but I really would like it if Riho won. Okay.
1: And then woman to be determined.
0: We I mean, there's always it. that chance that uh, the person that returns is going to get it. So mm-hmm. you never know. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say Conti's my pick.
1: That's who I was going to say too.
0: She's like, like yeah. she's like perfectly
1: in the middle of everyone else. As far as like chances go, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so that's both our picks for now.
0: All right. Uh, then we've got John Moxley against Satoshi Kojima.
1: So this is gonna start the trend of yeah. This is this is where things I think feel a little WWE-ish. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for this match. Absolutely none. Yeah. Um, There's, I mean, yeah, it's cool. They have a New Japan guy coming in and, and I get it. You have to keep relationship and John Moxley has to do something. You know, I, I understand all of that. That being said, there's not much of a story. I know there's this thing where Moxley, I guess, is sending contracts to New Japan. Is that, that's yeah. He's doing right. But I don't know. I just feel like, it, it just seems more to be there than like, oh, this was built to happen mm-hmm. three weeks ago.
0: I think the original match, and I, and I could be wrong. The original match was going to be Moxley against Tanahashi. Okay. And then Tanahashi won the U.S. title, and then he's booked for a match this weekend against Kota Ibushi and there's no way Tanahashi would be able to make it from Japan to Chicago in that short amount of time. Right. So, honestly, I thought, you know, they'd maybe do um, Minoru Suzuki because he's in the U.S. He's going to do a couple of independent shows Uh, from what I've heard. I thought Oh, maybe we could get Moxley and Suzuki again, but I'm fine with Kojima. Mm-hmm. Um, pick for this one.
1: I don't know. This is a coin flip. Cause again, if it's, if Kojima wins, then that's going to send Moxley for a rematch, maybe over in new Japan. And if Moxley wins, then, then he just wins and you bring the next person out. Like whoever is going to fight from new Japan. Um, I guess I'm gonna say, well let me ask you this. is when's the next new Japan show?
0: Um, they mean like New Japan like a major show for them? Of oh, this weekend? Oh
1: well, okay, after, they... after this weekend, what's oh, the next major show? Gosh. Is, do uh, they do monthly?
0: Let me let me see. well, I know they've got the um, the G1 starting real soon. Um, I'm I'm looking. I mean, there's good. Okay, they're gonna have a couple like U.S. shows towards the end of September, and okay. looks like October as well. Okay, so maybe they can do something there. Pro-
1: almost definitely. That's why I think I'm going to go with Moxley on this one. I think if it was in Japan, I would have said Kojima and then Moxley has to go over there for the rematch, but if it's just here, then more than likely they'll just bring other people from New Japan over
0: here. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Moxley will win this. Okay, next match. Paul White making his AEW in-ring debut. Ugh. Against QT Marshall. You know, I gave
1: AEW a lot of credit for like, oh, look at this, Paul White's been there since what? How long has he been there at this point? Oh, since like the be-
0: almost the beginning of the year.
1: And I'm like, look, and see, he didn't wrestle. Well, here it is. Um, Hopefully it'll be quick. Uh, again, this is a, a very WWE-like feeling of why is this here? Mm-hmm. Although I I this this story is the most ridiculous, where the what the hell are they doing? Storyline probably of in all of AEW, because the I, I, the way this came about, what what happened again? Like Q team, let's can we review the storyline? because right. it is maybe the. Dumbest but funniest storyline in the entire
0: AEW right now. Alright, so the story is Tony Schiavone was supposed to get an apology. For what though? From QT Marshall for, I think it was like dumping a drink on him or throwing a drink on him. During an interview?
1: See, well, first off, when they announced that segment, I was like, what is he even apologizing for?
0: Right. I was very confused by that, but go ahead, continue. So then, QT is like, oh no, I'm not going to apologize to you. You're going to apologize to me. And then, they drag Tony Shivani's son, who... Why?
1: <laughs> that segment, I was laughing that segment, because I'm
0: like, what the hell are they doing? Because apparently Tony's son wants to be a wrestler. He's got First, the height. He's got the height for it.
1: First, I've heard of that, but OK.
0: And Tony's like, okay. and why is he and why is he there? Why was he in
1: that arena in that particular time? Was that in? No, that wasn't. They I were. don't have that been was been like in, Georgia. They have not been. I don't think so. I don't think they've been to Georgia yet. So can't be that
0: right. I'm trying to think if it was the Charlotte show.
1: Uh-huh. maybe
0: maybe I mean that that doesn't help or hurt your argument right? so then Paul White comes out because he doesn't like that people are picking on his friends which in this case is Tony Schiavone well his
1: friend's son he doesn't like that.
0: <laughs> and
1: then that I have to say I like his theme song the Paul White song oh god yeah It's like, if this is the theme song that he would have gotten if the Big Show made it on forcible entry.
0: (laughs) So, then Big Show, like a few weeks later, was to make an announcement, and then QT Marshall interrupted, and he showed pictures of Big Show's surgery that he had on his hip. Right, okay that and then Big Show's announcement was he was going to have a match and the match is against QT Marshall and then a week ago Big Show costs QT Marshall a six man tag match who would they fight again? The Gun Club oh by the
1: way uh, apparently the undefeated in trios matches Gun Club really? Did you? I'm pretty sure I saw their record it was like 13 and 0 for trios maybe i'm wrong well you're on the records page can you check that now
0: see i don't know is if that listed do...
1: that's trios? what i was gonna
0: say i don't know if they do trios records uh let's see men's roster oh wait a minute okay hold on maybe oh I actually they do have trios records okay i'm almost yeah I'm, i just, just go think. to one of them. Go to Colton Gun or whatever else. <laughs> right. I'm just going to pick one of the younger guns. Uh, they're
1: 8-0. I'm oh, sorry, 8-0. and so They're undefeated, though. Yeah, they are undefeated. Which I don't know if you could say that for many trios teams at AEW. That's a good point. So anyway, the undefeated Gun Claw. So they beat the undefeated Gun Claw, or the Gun... Gun Club won. The Gun Club, Club won. won, sorry. It remained undefeated.
0: Yeah, and then this week, Billy Gunn, for some reason, <laughs> turned on Paul White, which I can't wait to hear that explanation.
1: <laughs> and then we had Tony Schiavone called them scumbags. Yes. Which, to be fair, the only Billy Gunn hit Paul White.
0: Exactly!
1: It's <laughs> easier other...
0: it to do a damn thing!
1: Uh, on the other hand, by the way, uh, just because I'm looking at the rankings and the roster page, Jack Evans is never won a Trios match. He's own 5.
0: Oh, poor Jack.
1: Um. So, yeah, so that's where we left off. Is Billy Gunn who's not in this feud. And by the way, it doesn't even look like, see, I thought it was going to be Billy Gunn is teamed up with QT, mm-hmm. but that's not what I got from that at all. After I watched it. Right. Cause QT looks surprised. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what do I, like I said, I, I think Paul white wins this. And I think it's going to
0: be quick. I would think it's going to be Paul white. It's his, it's his first match. Yeah. Also, I don't think oh, his
1: last match. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Um. Speaking of last matches. Yes, this could be Chris Jericho's last match. Because he's putting his in-ring career on the line against MJF.
1: So this is another one that, okay, look, I get the, oh, you know, there's a stipulation if Jericho loses, he must retire or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But if you take that away, this is a match that we've seen, what, for the third time in the last month and a half?
0: Uh, About.
1: Definitely two weeks ago. And then I feel like the first match was, I guess, no, because that would have been their last pay-per-view. So that was three months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Still, it's a third match in such a short amount of time. It seems like a very, very WWE-ish thing to do. Um, Even with the stipulation, because... I don't know. It's just I, I'm not as interested as I probably should be in this because of that. Right. What do you think?
0: It seems kind of easy to predict but as you were talking i was looking at the fozzy tour dates page <laughs> to see how this could all work out
1: oh see i That's thought so you were point looking point to go
0: to the show oh no no no,
1: no, no. are they going to no. your
0: area at all uh they are but i don't think i'm gonna go okay uh, if you want to do the VIP meet and greet folks it's $150
1: I can meet all members of Fozzy
0: you get a meet and greet with the members a private sound check experience featuring <laughs> a mini set of Fozzy and classic rock songs
1: wait so and that means Fozzy's doing
0: cover songs? yeah Uh group picture with the band signed photograph and early hassle free merch shopping when available That's right. You don't have to wait online to spend your money. So, looking at this, after the event, after the show, Jericho has a show Monday night. Mm -hmm. And then he has a show Thursday night. The only time where I think his schedule is going to conflict with AEW is... When he does, if they do it, the European leg of the tour. Okay. Because that is... He might, he might not even be able to do the European
1: leg of the tour.
0: At he this might not. Rate. Yeah. Because it is from November 29th to December
1: 12th. You better hope things get better. Because right now, the United States not exactly welcome in Europe.
0: No, they're not. And then... Uh... And then they're supposed to go to Australia in 2022. So. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that uh, happens. I think he's being overly optimistic with these tour dates that go outside of the United States, because I don't think any other companies even thinking of going outside of the United States at this point are all doing things within the States. Uh,
0: I, see, I don't know if WWE is still doing... Because they're supposed oh, to go... so you're right. Because
1: they're supposed to go to Saudi Arabia.
0: I'm sorry, Saudi Arabia. They're supposed to go to England in a few weeks. Uh, wait a minute. I used to know how to do this on... See WWE real quick, folks. WWE.com's website. If you want to figure out like where they're going, tour wise, is a pain in the ass. Is it? Oh, I didn't know that their live events was thing was bad. Why is it was it bad? Dead. Well, you got to go to tickets, and then it puts you at, like, events near you, and then you got to go look for other shows. Okay. Um. Okay, so as of right now, as of this recording, November, or November September 2nd, WWE still has their UK shows planned to go.
1: Okay, well. Again, let's see if that happens. I, You know what? I actually hope they happen because that means that we got better here in the United
0: States. Alright. Uh, As far as the match goes, Jericho and MJF... I'm going to say Jericho wins.
1: I'm going to say MJF wins. Ooh! And I, I didn't think about the Fozzy Tour thing, but my thinking was this is that Chris Jericho obviously was like our first person in AEW that like, you know, what, you know, he was a name that came in. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not needed anymore, needed anymore, but now with the arrivals of CM Punk and possibly Brian Danielson, Mm -hmm. he's not needed as much. Right. And I do think that there's a chance, and again, I didn't put the Fozzy thing even into consideration, but he has kept saying that he's like, all right, well, he keeps bringing up the announcer thing.
0: Yeah. And
1: let's face it, at this point, I mean, Jericho, you know, he still has some matches in him, but a lot of things that I think AEW likes that Jericho's bringing right now is the theme song and people in the crowd singing his theme song. Mm-hmm. You could still do that when you're an announcer. Yeah, you can. So, I think that that's what's going to happen is he's going to transition into a full not full-time announcer, but like, you know, a lot of times announcer. Yeah. And that way he can um like, you know, that way he he's not really taking any bumps anymore and he's got a steady gig. For now when he needs it and then he knows that like oh if Fozzie happens then he can just go. He's not needed for mm-hmm. a program that he, he basically can just come and go as he pleases. Yeah. Which which honestly for the most part does seem like the announcers in general. I mean Taz jumps in whenever anyone from Team Taz is out there and then he pretty much jumps off. Callus does the same thing. They're very, very flexible at like who's sitting in those chairs for mm-hmm. the most part. It, it in some ways, it annoys me because I get confused on, like, all right, who's announcing this show as, like, the steady announcers, but in some ways, it's also kind of fun. Right. So, so yeah, that's I'm, I'm saying MJF because, guess what, if, if Jericho wins, then we'll, what then? We just get another MJF versus Jericho match? Right. And then what do you put on the line then? I mean, look, and the inner circle is pretty much disbanded. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, they were very quietly disbanded because Sammy is out there teaming with uh, What's-His-Face.
0: Yeah, Fuego.
1: And uh, and proposing to his girlfriend, which was something that I did not care about. Um, LA, uh, or I was going to say LAX, <laughs> Ortiz uh are just tagging together yeah Hager who the hell knows what he's doing maybe he's trying to go back to MMA now that things are slowly but surely running again in the Mm -hmm. States so with no with nothing going on in the inner circle again a great time for Jericho to kind of peace out yeah whether or not it stays that way we'll find out but hey think of it this way Cody never got a world title shot yet so
0: that's true They've stuck, been, with, they've stuck with it's that. It's been almost two years, so... And
1: he certainly had reason that you could be like, oh, we need a big-time good guy, and let's throw Cody in. Oh, wait, no, we can't.
0: I if If he ever does get another title shot, I hope for the sake of just having it happen, I hope the excuse is, when the contract was signed, it was signed as... Cody, not Cody Road, oh, or something like that.
1: <laughs> Honestly, if I, I think if it does happen, it, it, it would wind up being, especially since Jericho's a good guy now, Jericho's Jericho saying, correct, that yeah, that's going to be how they get out of that. Yeah,
0: makes sense. <clears throat> All right, speaking of championships, the TNT title is on the line, Miro defends against Eddie Kingston.
1: This is another one just like the Moxley match, like again, I feel like there's no it's only on here just to be on here. Mhm. And there's not really a build. Um I would have much preferred a built-up Orange Cassidy match or Jungle Boy match in this slot for sure. Right. Uh, maybe even, like, Orange Cassidy against Miro, even though I don't care about Miro at all. Um, that being said, I'd love to see Eddie Kingston win just because I would like to see anyone beat Miro, to be honest with you. Although I will say this. The one thing I have noticed is with Miro... Uh, one of the things that makes him special, and this is a reason why uh, Lana should never come in, mm-hmm. is he's one of the only people, and I'm looking through this whole card to see if I could find someone else. I guess maybe CM Punk, but he's one of the only people in this entire company that isn't with someone in some shape or form. Yeah meaning he doesn't have a manager, he's not part of a tag team, he's not part of a group like the best friends or anything like that. He is by himself, and just by being by himself, that does make him a little bit special compared to everyone else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you think of anyone else on this card other than, I would, I'm not even going to say Paul White because Paul White kind of has Tony Schiavone and his son. <laughs>
0: Um, no. I, I honestly can't.
1: Yeah, I'm looking through it now because Moxley has Kingston. Yeah, the, the other than the Punk, that's the only one. And he literally yes. just came in. So, mm-hmm. uh, Miro's probably going to win.
0: I would have liked to have seen this match
1: better bad. built up.
0: Not only that, but also at the uh, Queens show at the at the tennis stadium. Mm-hmm. I think that's where this match should have happened. I agree
1: with that. And you also would have had time to, to build it up, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, it's, and it's weird because I don't feel... And AEW is not the kind of place that I'm like that feels like we need to have every single person on every single card. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, take out the pre-show. This is nine matches. Mm-hmm. This is definitely running four hours. Oh, yeah. And I'm not thrilled about that because sometimes, I mean, there have been... What was the AEW event that had um, MJF going for the world title?
0: Oh, that... Was that last year's All Out?
1: Maybe. It, but whatever event that was, it, it, the, the length of the show, I feel, definitely hurt it. I think I checked out, like a match or two before the main event. I was like, this is too long. This is, and I, I I have a bad feeling. I'm going to feel the same way about this too.
0: At the end, it it. it was last year's all out.
1: Yeah. So this just doesn't need to be on here to me. Miro versus Eddie Kingston.
0: Okay. Uh, I think Miro's going to win this but what I would like to see is him do some kind of cheating and then maybe we can find a way to get the match in Queens. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm not really holding my breath. Yeah, I, I agree with you. AEW tag team titles on the line in a steel cage. The Young Bucks defend against the Lucha Brothers.
1: So I do feel like this is a match that Um, Well, I still feel like the whole tournament thing was just to get rid of their plot point of the Varsity Blonde should be the next one to get the T18 tunnel shot. But, oh, no, we can't possibly put them on the pay-per-view to get the T18 tunnel shot. Mm -hmm. So let's make this tournament. And they did. And I thought for sure Jurassic Express was going to win that one. I did, too. We'll see, and that's this is why this feels like a WWE type of thing too. It's a steel cage match for no real reason. Like I feel like they made the the cage match was made with Jurassic Express in mind, but Jurassic Express isn't even on here. I I mean, don't get me. This will be a great match, and I'm actually really looking forward to them all four of these guys in a cage. Mm-hmm. But to say that this has been a built-up match would be ridiculous. To say this would be a match that warrants a steel cage match,
0: see, would seems absurd to me. Well, the storyline is the reason for the cage is the constant interference from members of the elite, right? And which was made by when. They cheated against Jurassic Express. Right. And then, you know, Shivani was interviewing them and he's like, oh, I've just been told that your next title defense is at all out and it'll be in a cage and no one can get involved. And then they put the tournament in just to determine. There I see your point 100% about this being, oh, this is a WWE style match.
1: In terms of the, in terms of like, the, yeah, you didn't build it. We just put a cage on there because right, we want to have a cage right. match. Because even if you look at it this way of, let's say there was no cage match here, you have a manager on one side and a manager on the other side mm-hmm. that would take care of each other. So theoretically, it would be a fair match.
0: Yeah. If any of the titles, and I'm saying if, any of the titles were to change hands, this is the one I would bet a lot of money on.
1: I would too. Because who else do you put the Young Bucks against if not after this then? Right. You're running out of people unless you're saving yourself, which I don't think they are anymore, unless you're saving yourself for Young Bucks versus Sting and Darby.
0: Because, and I had, and I was thinking the other day too, like, there's only, if the Bucks were to win... There's only two teams that they can go against at this point. One would be Jurassic Express to be like we, you know, deserve a rematch and the other would be The Dark Order. Yeah, that's I forgot about The Dark Order actually. And I kind of forgot about Darby and Sting to be honest with you. So um uh, you know what? I I'm, I'm going to say it I think the Lucha Brothers win the tag titles.
1: Just look, I'm just taking a look here at the the tag team records again. This has not been updated to reflect the current dynamite. Uh, so, right now, Lucha Brothers are 10 and 0. Then we have 10 and three Jurassic Express. Then we have six and 0. Um, FTR six 3, six and three Santana Ortiz. 18 and five, the Varsity Blondes. Um, yeah, because like staying in Derby would just need three wins, and then their number they meet up with FTR. Mm-hmm. It's not as absurd as people might think it is to, according to the rankings here at least, right? To get them to number one, it takes one match at one the next pay per view, one match at maybe the stadium thing Mm -hmm. and one match on dynamite and they're there. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Lucha brothers on this one because I just don't, clearly they don't want the varsity boss to get a title shot. So it's not going to be them. And I don't even think they're going to do Jurassic express against, um, no, against the young bucks again. I'll go Lucha okay. Brothers on this too.
0: Yeah. Alright. AEW women's title, Dr. Britt Baker defending against Chris Statlander.
1: Uh so this one This one I feel like doesn't really have that much of a build either. Statlander just won because is a is just was just named, right? Like nothing mm-hmm. actually happened. So yeah, I guess I'm... Yeah, I'm going with Bert Baker on this one. This one's probably the easiest
0: one. Yeah, I would think this card. is the easiest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. All okay, man.
1: Right. Yeah, no, they'll say this is the easiest still.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Then we have the two big matches. CM Punk against Darby Allin. This is the one match I feel
1: on this card that does feel like in super important and... Doesn't at all feel WWE ish at all.
0: Let me get your thoughts on this match first. Okay. This is the perfect first opponent for Punk. I think. This is someone who could match Punk in style and ability. This is the biggest match of Darby Allen's life. Yeah, I agree. Forget about his career. This is the biggest match of his life. And he's going into a situation where it's like you're Punk's first opponent in seven plus years. And this is someone who has been with Sting all year, has had the TNT title, has had some ridiculous, insane matches, and I feel in a way this is AEW rewarding Darby Allin for the year he's had. Yeah, I can see it that way. Because I don't know too many other wrestlers that would be in this position. Like, there probably are at least 10, 15 guys that would cut their arm off to get this opportunity. Mm-hmm. But it's Darby's. And I think this is the biggest match for Darby Allen. I don't think win or lose his perception from the fans is going to change I don't think you know anything bad of him after this match I expect this to be a very good match I don't expect it to be you know a 5-6 star match and I understand you know Punk's concern and some of the fans concern of well Punk hasn't been in a match and I understand that but let's talk about the kid This, because Darby, let me see. How old is Darby? He's twenty eight. I was gonna say he's definitely in his twenties for sure. He he does. He looks a little younger. I'll say that. Yeah. I. I think Darby should enjoy this moment. I really do. Mm -hmm. Cause this is, I don't know if he's ever gonna get any this big ever again maybe really the, the only chance to maybe his, his world title win but you could argue yeah. that this might be even more important than that exactly
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah I'm all about this match uh, I although at first I was kind of a little scared because I was like you know what I, you know Darby's gonna the person that's gonna fight Punk's gonna lose and I really like Darby so I was a little mm-hmm. bummed out by that but I'm like you know what though this is AEW and they've shown that there are ways that you can lose and still not look bad.
0: Exactly.
1: So, like, if it was, you know, WWE, I'd say, oh, that's that, he's done. Like, you know. Um, I Obviously, I think Punk's going to win.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's a big part of me, and, and the only reason I, I don't think they're going to do it with Punk, and they probably shouldn't either, because... It is his home, you know, in Chicago, in Chicago I believe, right. or something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I want to see something where, and I think I've said this before on, on, on one of the specials that I've had with you. Mm-hmm. The new guy that comes in and he loses his first match and then has to, he gains sympathy that way. I really want them to try to do that story with someone. It won't be with Punk, but I do want them to do it with somebody. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just, I think they could pull it off and I think it could be really, really good. I mean, I'm sure there are definitely fighters out there in general, like MMA fighters or boxers or whatnot
2: mm-hmm.
1: that lost their first match. And then all of a sudden did great and had a great rest of the career.
0: I think uh, Brock was like that actually.
1: Maybe. Um, but that's my point is I want them to try to tackle that story. But I won't be here. I think CM Punk's going to
0: win. If Darby wins, I don't know if he's, like I said, I don't know if the, you know, like social media is going to explode and be like, oh, what the hell is this shit? This was stupid on AEW's part. I'm never going to watch them again. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I doubt it. But
1: I think if Darby wins, he's definitely getting booed. Yeah, he is. He might, it might be like a bad guy turn for him.
0: With that said, Punk has to win this. I mm-hmm. can't see any, the only way, okay, the only way I see Punk losing, there, there is one way, is if something happens with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia getting involved. Mm-hmm. That's the only way.
1: Yeah, I agree, but also... Well, actually, no. I, I also think that there's a shot that... Not that Punk's going to lose, but I do think that even those things that he's staying in the back, I do think mm-hmm. something's going to happen with
0: Sting with this. Could be.
1: And I think it's going to be a case of maybe that's what happens is he... I don't know, he like goes to try to trip Punk, but instead gets Darby instead. Mm-hmm. And that causes Punk to win, and then that's like... Starts... Punk oh, a- or Darby God. and Sting maybe have a disagreement that could lead right. to something. That's right. the other thing. When Darby okay. loses here, you, you have to have somewhere to go with him though. Yeah, it's not. I, I don't think there's going to be a reason for Dar- another Darby Punk match. So, yeah, I think this know, is who knows? Winning, we'll, but... see.
0: we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And the main event of this show. Kenny Omega defending the AEW world title against Christian Cage. The last match they had was on Rampage. It was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's possible they can top that one. It's possible. But I don't know.
1: So, this isn't. we're, we're back to the WWE feel-like match in regards to, we just saw this, what, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and I understand why we're seeing this again. but again. So out of all this, we had how many matches here? We have nine matches. I'm not going to count the pre-show. Right, right. One, t- no, I guess only two. Two of them are matches that we've had before in recent memory.
2: Mm-hmm. Jericho
1: and MJF and Omega and Christian Cage. Yeah. One, there's a few with no build, which is Moxley and Kojima, and Kojima, Miro,
0: and Kingston.
1: Yeah, and Kingston, and kind of Baker versus They Didn't really do mm-hmm. anything with that, and an unnecessary cage match, in my opinion. Even though I think it'll be a great match, but it's like again, if WWE did the same thing, I'd complain about that. They just like, mm-hmm. hey, here's the steel cage match for no reason. Um, I don't, there's a big part of me that feels like this Omega versus Cage match doesn't even need to be on here. Hmm. Like, cause it goes back to the quiet. Well, you know, we'll tackle that in a second, but so first off, there's no way Christian Cage to win the AEW championship. No. I was per I'm per, I love Christian Cage and Impact. If he had shown up in Impact instead of AEW, you would have heard no complaints from me at all. Like because I know I was very hard on Christian when he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Omega wins. What do you think on this match? that I want to kind of go back to something I was saying before.
0: Oh, I, I definitely agree. It's Omega winning this. Um, but the thing that i'm thinking about is let's say if this is the main event if this is the final match well that's that's kind of I want to discuss that
1: with you actually okay. maybe we'll do that now yeah let's do is, that now a lot of people are saying maybe cm punk versus darby allin should be the main event and some people are like no it's got to be omega versus cage where are you standing on this
0: there's another one where I've heard it should be Jericho and MJF as the main event. I'm not heard that one. I mean, at all. I, I've, I've heard <laughs> it from very—I've heard it from a few people. Not okay. A lot. Okay.
1: Did someone also say Paul White should be the main event? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no.
1: Where's my, where's my, of- where's my women's casino battle royal should be the main event?
0: People out there. <laughs> this is tough because there, there there's kind of two mindsets definitely with the main event
1: and i think knowing me as well as you do you probably have an idea which one
0: i think should be the main event i think i do
2: okay
1: but let's hear your side first
0: okay the two mind the, the two thoughts is with with wrestling is The WWE main event and everything else, or everybody else. The WWE train of thought for a main event, nine times out of ten, or I guess we could say eleven out of twelve because they do a pay-per-view every month. Unless it is the Royal Rumble, the championship match should go last. That's that. Usually, that is the mindset of WWE. I don't know if
1: I would a hundred percent agree with that because I, mean, I think like, I think that for them the the mindset is the part timer should go on list. Well,
0: well, okay, well. I know so, I
1: know what you're saying, but coincidentally they they are always in the title match. Right. But I'm saying like if the champion was I don't know like it, like I guess is Lashley still the champion? Yeah. So let's say it's Lashley against I don't freaking know Ricochet. <laughs> All right, let's just I don't know why he yeah. popped in my yeah. mind. And then your other match was um, Brock Lesnar versus um, uh, Drew McIntyre. And but but the the Lashley match is the world is the world title match. You don't think they're going to put Brock Lesnar in that main event slot?
0: Oh, Brock's going to be in the main event. That's,
1: that's what I mean, like, though. It's, it's, it's a part-timer that's in the main event, not necessarily the championship.
0: Right, but like I said, you know, there's that special occasion every once— well, I didn't say it, but I'll say it here. There's that special occasion every once in a while where, you know, like you used as an example, Brock Lesnar would be in the main event. Here,
1: but what I don't. But you think you're missing what I'm trying to say? Okay. I'm trying to say that it's not the main event because it's the world title match. It's the main event because a
0: part timer is involved. Right. Um. With these two matches, if Punk goes last it's kind of basically to me saying we're going to send everybody home happy. That's how I look at it. Okay. If Omega and Christian is last, and maybe this happens even if they're not last, something will happen Mm post-match. And I think what that'll be is one of two things. Actually, one of three things. It is either Brian Danielson's debut, Adam Page returns because he's on uh, paternity leave; his wife is having a baby, that's why he's not on this pay-per-view.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? You know what? You know what? Bill, can I just say this? I yeah, miss the days when I didn't know when people's spouses. We're pregnant
0: i know right and that
1: like like when someone took out bret hart in like the 90s yeah you're like oh no i, I wonder when he's gonna come back now it's just like oh because his wife's pregnant i'm like <laughs> it's it's like I, w- I just wish i never i i don't care no i don't care about their baby or eight they just let me get lost in the tv show <laughs> that you're presenting because now it's just like, all right, well, cool. So you just having the baby. So you figure about a month. So he'll be back in a month. Like, you kind of know already. Even with women that are pregnant, you're like, all right, nine months. Let's see how fast now they come back.
0: Right. I hate it. Anyway, go ahead. And then there's the third idea. The third one's a long shot. All right. But we never know. Adam Cole debuts in AEW. Mm-hmm one of those three scenarios to me has to happen after the title match
1: if if that's the main event you're saying no if, if if it's not do you still think that that has to happen after that match
0: not necessarily no cuz you can save it for dynamite mm-hmm.
1: here's my problem, like,
0: like listen,
1: I, I get, you know, I get it. It makes sense why people would argue for, you know, CM Punk versus Darby mm-hmm. because it's Chicago and, and it's going to be those, those those people will definitely use the argument of there's no way anyone's going to top that. The crowd's going to, who knows, maybe some, some people probably say that some of the crowd might leave because they saw what they considered the main event. Right. Um, I think for me, what would bother me if with CM Punk versus Darby main eventing is it makes CM Punk look like a bit of a hypocrite mm-hmm. because that's exactly what he was arguing against during his reign as WWE champion. And the fact that he was always like pushed to the side for people that aren't even there the entire year. Right. It makes him look like a little bit like a hypocrite, at least if he doesn't fight it. Obviously, if Tony Khan's like, no, we need to have you on last, and Punk's like, no, but I don't think we should be last because of X reasons. And Tony Khan says, no, you're, you're going to be on last no matter what. Then he saves face doing that. But that's my big problem with it. And of course my other thing is, as you could probably guess is I'm always thinking, I always feel like the world title should be on last. Yes. Because to me, if your biggest match is not the world title match, maybe you should start reevaluating who you're giving the world title to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now that being said, Your situations, I understand, like, that would be a a way to kind of end the pay-per-view of having an Adam Cole or um, a Brian Danielson come out. I mean, let's face it, Christian Cage confronted—didn't Christian Cage come out and confront Omega on his first day?
0: I think he did.
1: And guess what? He's only getting a world title shot now, and that was— Three months ago? Probably. So, it's not like it's set in stone that just because you confront Omega on your first... In fact, I think Omega, that was one of the things he said. He's he's like, well, you have to actually earn your place here. Um, But he basically said that you don't get to to walk in and get a a world title shot. Um, Um. what, what do you Boy, think? Do you, do you think, think Punk versus Darby is Punk, punk being, is a being a little bit of a hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite if he doesn't fight against it? it?
0: I think he would. I, I think he would be a hypocrite if he didn't fight it.
1: Right. right.
0: Um. It's just, that's, the thing is, and, and I was thinking about this when you started talking about it. I feel like I've seen that so many times throughout the years where the hometown guy is the main event where maybe he shouldn't be Mm -hmm. the exception to that rule. and, And you might agree or disagree with this. Sure. I think the exception to that rule is Davey boy and Bret Hart at SummerSlam. Okay, That, I think, is the exception to the rule. Who was the world title title match in that one? That was Randy Savage and Warrior. Okay. I think anywhere else in that situation, and you have that guy, the hometown guy, as the main event, it's like, yeah, that schtick's been done, you know? (laughs)
1: I think for me, it's like, because we've clearly seen a pattern where, in like the last month of AEW kind of catering to that hometown aspect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, not only with CM Punk, but also Britt Baker with Britsburg. And yeah, I think the next Dynamite is Jon Moxley. And I guess he comes from Mil- Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I was going to say Milwaukee. Um, so they are def- they are definitely into pushing that, which is kind of refreshing because WWE does a lot of like, oh, you're in your hometown, so we're going to lose. Yeah. But also at the same time in like a year, if it's still constantly that, I'm probably going to start being tired of that because I'm going to be like, up oh, they're at their hometown. Gee, I wonder what's going to happen. They're going to win. Like at some point, it become it'll probably become predictable so i don't know how long i get why they're doing it when they're first going on the road that makes sense um here's an idea this is the one that i think i would be okay with if they did it this way and i'm curious what you think okay so let's say the young bucks versus lucha brothers are in are in the middle not the middle of the card but like pretty high up in the card right yeah Let's say um, the young bucks uh, after the match is like some big brawl that happens between uh, you know the elite and the Lucha Brothers and Kenny runs out, Christian runs out, they're all in the big brawl, and Kenny's like, you know what? I know that. I'm trying to think, how did how did how did this go in my head? He's like. He's like, basically, Kenny's fired up. He's like, you know what? Nothing's going to top this. Nothing's going to top my match. I'm the, I'm the star, so why don't we just get things done right now, and that way I can put you away. Okay. And that way, Kenny is basically saying, like, he doesn't want to wait till later because he's already out there, and then they have the match. Then it's kind of like he made it not the main event.
0: Right I could be okay with that so
1: I mean i'm 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 sure they can write something better than what I did, but you get the idea
0: yeah um I think it will end up being Omega and cage as the main event
1: okay I think your your scenario was way more likely than mine in that someone comes out. After the Omega Cage
0: match. Yeah.
1: Now, who will that be? I mean, I I heard Brian Danielson. It could be Adam Cole, but you know what I was thinking? You know what I would love to see Adam Cole do, to be honest with you? Hmm. Be Britt Baker's manager.
0: Oh, that would be great.
1: Let's have it the opposite way around where she's responsible for bringing him in or whatever instead of like you know I think like sometimes the guy as their manager come in there
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think that would be great we'll see if that happens and it would increase the Brit Baker stable
0: mm-hmm.
1: that she apparently has formed right um, that, would, that would be pretty good yeah I would love that because uh, look cause they're definitely not making a, it's definitely not a secret that they're dating or whatever. I don't think they're married. I'm not really that sure. sure. Um, um. So, yeah. There's, yeah there's, my, see, some, see, some some places, like places some, some, re- some, some couples being out like that, like, like, I'm all about, like that mm-hmm. one. And then there's some that I'm just like, I know they're together. Please, yeah, don't, please don't, don't do anything on TV to acknowledge this couple. This
2: couple. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you know what a good example is? And I hope they don't do it. I'm really hoping they don't. Jungle Boy and Anna Jay. Yeah. I really hope that that is not ever acknowledged. Um. All right, so what do you want to do? Do you have anything else to say about Omega versus Cage?
0: Well, let's see. We both said Omega would win. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. You know what? I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. Is this the night Marco Stunt turns his back <laughs> On Christian. Yes, that would be, I forgot all about that. That would be the perfect <laughs> way for Christian to lose. So, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Jim's idea has been for the last month and a half for Marco's stunt to turn his back on Christian Cage because Christian is hanging out or taking Marco's spot. Yeah in jungle or in Jurassic Express.
1: I mean did Marco come out with them this week at all or no? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah he did come out. Alright, alright, so maybe he's got his spot back for now. But now he wants And look it'd give Christian something to do right away <laughs> after losing. The world needs a Christian cage versus Marco stunt feud <laughs> uh, It would be a really cool thing. I I would I, I would lose my mind if that happened. If that's how this match ends, is that Marco stunt costs uh, Christian Cage the match, I'd be like, oh my god. And and I'll tell you about something else. If it winds up being t- leading to a Christian Cage versus Marco stunt Impact World Championship, that's a pay-per-view I'm buying.
0: Made a bit of Bound for Glory right there. there.
1: Yeah, that's right. Bound for Glory is coming out. That's right. I don't want on an Impact Plus exclusive. I want on Bound for Glory.
0: Oh God! So, Marco, if you do it, just thank Jim. Yes.
1: Well, I hope Tony Khan's listening. Maybe that'll help uh, (laughs) to speed this up. up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Um, overall, your what I guess this is just overall overall thoughts now at this point as we wrap up.
0: Yeah, I think the cage match is going to be the best match of the show. I, I really I agree
2: with
0: think it will. Um, question about the
1: cage match. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. What are the AEW rules for the cage match? Are you escaping, or can you pin, or can you do both? I think you can do both. Okay.
0: That's my guess. Okay. Okay. So, um. As far as the rest of the card goes, it's okay. Well, did, what did you think about my comment
1: of the, of now that we've gone through the card of it being feeling very WWE-ish? I, 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 can, I see your point. I actually do see your point. And probably the most WWE-ish since they've started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, I'm not saying it's not going to be good because its oh, like, no, I have way more case. faith in AEW than I do WWE. Right,
0: right. Yeah, at least they're not going to advertise a match for three, four weeks, and then right as the match is about to happen, say that that person isn't there and then someone else will How?
1: Did, how, dis- I, how
0: disgusting is
1: that as a tactic? Oh, my God. And I, I mean, you have people that are, like, defending that they blatantly lied. Now, the thing is, though, what I'm annoyed about more than anything is, okay, I think uh, Dave Meltzer and all these other journalists deserve an apology because they've known about it for uh, like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And all of you guys kept saying, no, that's the, the, the the you guys are just dirt sheet writers. No, nothing you say is true when this 100% wound up being true. Well, I guess you could say, you know, the foot
0: is in or one foot is in the, you know, in the mouth. I don't know. <laughs> Man, God,
1: that, yeah, God, you're right though. I I love that there was a quote on um on Twitter at some point that was about the uh the pack Andrade match, mm-hmm. and they were like, wait, no, you're not supposed to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to not tell us, and then one of them loses in in a in a sixty second squash.
0: Right,
1: <laughs> you're doing it wrong, Tony. Oh gosh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's good. I, 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 there's a lot of I'm, there's a lot of good things on here, but also a lot of things that I don't care about. Like again, like I don't, I just don't. I'm not into the Moxley, Kojima, and Miro versus Kingston, but like I'm super into obviously CM Punk and the cage match. Yeah. And if Tony Schiavone's son gets involved, <laughs> see
0: if that happens. He, he he might be training that night. I don't know.
1: You know, what the I think the other thing is I'm just a little annoyed also because this doesn't have to be that. Not all again. All these matches are not necessary. Mm-hmm. It's like two you could definitely drop, but whatever. We'll see what happens. Yep. Alright, you want to say goodbye, or at least for this segment of your show?
0: Yeah, uh, real quick,
1: where can everyone follow you at? Sure, it's thatspodcasting.com, and that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. Um, We have the new season of Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts coming out, uh, featuring the Chain of Memories game, or I should say Re-Chain of Memories. uh, That will start on September 26th. Yes. And thanks for having me
0: on, Bill. Of course. And let's go back to, well, me. All right. Welcome back. And I want to thank Jim again for taking the time out to join us on the show this week to preview AEW All Out. We have a couple of news stories to discuss before wrapping up the show for this week. And the first one is about Ohio Valley Wrestling. Don't get to talk about Ohio Valley Wrestling that much, but this is kind of big news. Uh, It is being reported this week that Ohio Valley Wrestling may be leaving their longtime arena, the Davis Arena in Louisville, Kentucky, to a brand new building. WDRP-TV in Louisville has reported that Ohio Valley Wrestling is in discussions to move to the University, uh, uh, the university of Louisville's Fitness Center, which is uh, formerly for employees, which was shuttered to cut costs in 2019. The news station reports that a pre-application was filed seeking to have the property shifted from a residential building to a commercial building on August 6th, proposing that OVW use the facility as a wrestling academy with public exhibitions of Ohio Valley Wrestling events. There would be no major change to the building itself, as the plan would be to use the building as it exists. Matt Jones, the majority owner of Ohio Valley Wrestling, told the news station that they intend to move into the building, but the process has not been Finalized. Ohio Valley Wrestling, for those who would like a quick history, was founded in 1993 by Nightmare Danny Davis, and for many years was the develop- developmental territory for WWE, churning out stars such as Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, John Cena, Nick Dinsmore, Shelton Benjamin, and many many more wrestlers. The Davis Arena that is currently used by Ohio Valley Wrestling was opened in 2002 and for most of the promotion's existence since that point has been the epicenter for the company from a training and event standpoint. Danny Davis retired in 2018 with Al Snow heading up training and operations from that point on. They do have a weekly live TV show in Louisville, and in recent years uh, they've been pushing hard to land TV coverage on different platforms and broadcasting outlets, including U2 America, Game Plus, and more. Um, I've never been to the Davis Arena, but if you've seen the footage that WWE has, it's kind of like, I, I guess the equivalent would be to like center stage in Atlanta for WCW or the bingo hall in Philadelphia, The you know, for the ECW arena, it's their place, it's their home, like, I know... For a little while, there were a couple of Ring of Honor like TV episodes taped there. I think Impact might have had some shows taped there as well. Um, so this news, if you are someone that lives in the Louisville area, this could be considered an end of an era, really, for um for the territory and. It, it, it is a big deal. It, it is a big deal. Um, obviously, you know, not a lot of other podcasts are going to talk about it, but I felt it deserved the time to be mentioned here on that wrestling show because of how many big names of the last 20 years have come through to get to WWE and end up being world class wrestlers. In the Ring of Honor news. Roosh will be out of action for the remainder of this year. It was reported earlier this week that Roosh had to go to the hospital for emergency surgery. We still don't know what the surgery was. However, we do know that he had knee problems during Glory by Honor weekend and is now out of action for the remainder of this year. And he was actually going to be a part of uh, Death Before Dishonor, which is, gosh, week and a half, less than a week and a half away, where he was scheduled to compete for the Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. Um, his father, Bestia Del Ring, will replace Roosh in the six-man tag team championship match. Uh, so Roosh, who was Ring of Honor World Champion for well over a year, carried the company, gonna be out of action for the remainder of the year, uh, hopefully we'll get to see Roosh in 2022 and he will be at 100% and will be, you know, a lot in a, in a lot better shape, let's say that. Okay, two more news stories, and then we're going to call it a show for this week because everyone is getting ready for Labor Day weekend. Um, this first story, I kind of like this. I thought this was pretty cool to see, and I put it up on our Facebook group. The Black Pro Wrestlers 500 list came out this week. So this list was there we go this list was compiled and I'm gonna pull it up right now uh, by BlackWrestlance.com, and uh, I I, like I said I put the list up but I'm gonna read the top 10 so everyone knows who the top 10 uh, are on this list of the top 500 black wrestlers Number 10, Frontman Jam. Number 9, Powerhouse Hobbs. 8, Bianca Belair. 7, Jonathan Gresham. 6, Sasha Banks. 5, Rich Swan. 4, Lee Moriarty. 3, AJ Gray. 2, Bobby Lashley. And 1, Trish Adora. Yes, Trish Adora beating out Bobby Lashley for the top spot uh, this year on a very cool list pardon me, of the top 500 black wrestlers so congratulations to Trish and and I'll tell you, I've watched Trish Adora uh, in the Ring of Honor Women's Title Tournament, she has looked really, really good and I am becoming a fan of hers. so it is really cool to see Trisha Dora doing so well and being recognized for doing so good in this crazy world of professional wrestling. On to the final piece of news to discuss this week, and this is one that may surprise you. This has not been mentioned uh, very much because it broke a little earlier today. One of the matches that was supposed to have taken place this past Monday night on Raw was John Morrison against The Miz. Well, that match never happened. We were wondering, where was The Miz? Well, now it seems we know why he was not there. Because PWInsider.com is confirming that The Miz will be on this season's Dancing with the Stars. That's right. The Miz will be announced on Wednesday as part of the cast for the 30th season of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, The only big name that has also been announced is Jojo Siwa. So, it got me thinking... There have been wrestlers that have competed on Dancing with the Stars before. Let's take a look and see how they have done in the past. So the first wrestler or wrestling personality to compete on Dancing with the Stars was Stacy Keebler. And of the three, she did the best out of all three of wrestling personalities that competed she was in season two of dancing with the stars her professional partner was tony devolani and stacy ended up finishing third behind jerry rice and that season's winner drew lachey Stacey Keebler was a professional dancer at one point and a cheerleader for the Baltimore Ravens. I think Stacy got robbed. She should have won, but that's just me. I, I have a crush on Stacey Keebler. So. Um, but the song, I'll go through the songs that they performed uh, or danced to. Stacy and Tony danced to I Wonder Why by Curtis Steigers. Uh, I'm Like a bird. Nelly Furtado, uh, Cell Block Tango from Chicago, Cold Cold Heart, Nora Jones, uh, Bootylicious from Destiny's Child, and then in the group Salsa, with all the other contestants performed Rhythm is Gonna Get You by Gloria Estefan, and then Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by, uh, by Wham!, then they did two in a row, You Can't Hurry Love by Phil Collins, and Since You Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. And then the finale, they did three songs, uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go Again, Stayin' Alive by the Bee Gees, and Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. The second Wrestler to compete on Dancing with the Stars was Chris Jericho in Season 12, and his partner was the legendary Cheryl Burke. Uh, this group was an interesting group, and Jericho made it to just about the halfway point of Season 12 before being eliminated in the fifth week. So the songs that he danced to with Cheryl include Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash, I Got Rhythm, Judy Garland, Let It Be by The Beatles, I Drove, I Dover Goobins Hall, Edward Gregg, I hope I pronounced that right, America the Beautiful by Whitney Houston, and the song that was played when they got eliminated, Don't Stop Believin' by Journey, So he made it to, like I said, almost the halfway point of that season. That's pretty good. And then season 25 was Nikki Bella, who ended up... Are you ready for this? Surprise, surprise. Uh, hooking up with Artem Chigvintsev. I hope I pronounced that right. And, of course, they now have a child together. Uh, But Nikki was eliminated in week six as part of a double elimination and almost made it halfway again. So she did pretty good on Dancing with the Stars. So let's go through the songs that she danced to. They started off with So What by Pink and then they danced Come Away With Me by Nora Jones. And then later that night, Despacito by Luis Fonsi featuring Daddy Yankee. Uh, Then they did Love on the Brain by Rihanna. Then they did Fight Song by Rachel Platten. Uh, Then they did Remember Me by Benjamin Bratt. And then uh, they did... Dernier Danse by Indila, and then uh, the one that got him eliminated was I Put a Spell on You by Bette Midler. If they had done I Put a Spell on You by CCR, I think they would have been safe that week, but that's just me. So The Miz has a pretty good history to follow on as far as competition or competitors on Dancing with the Stars go normally WWE you know the wrestlers do really good on the show and who knows maybe The Miz will end up doing a good job on Dancing with the Stars do I think he's going to win it probably not (laughs) I'll say that I really don't think he will but you never know could be very surprising. So we won't see The Miz on WWE TV for a little while. But we will see him on Dancing with the Stars. And who knows? Maybe I'll cover Dancing with the Stars to keep you all up to date on how he does. So on that note, that's going to do it for this week. And let's do the plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email. Wrestlingman at show.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Wrestling Show 11. Follow the show on Instagram at That Wrestling Show. Join our Facebook group. It is That Wrestling Show Fan Group. You type that in the search bar and you are right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. And if you like what you heard here and want more content, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com. Backslash that wrestling show. Now, to plug uh, other podcasts and friends of ours, check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, where this week they discuss in their unsung hero segment, Paul Bearer, plus week four of the Royal Rankings of the Best Celebrities in Wrestling, and they review. The 1993 Survivor Series Showdown. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winson. This week, he watches and discusses an episode of WWF Superstars from August 1987 where Paul Orndorff fires Bobby Heenan for the second time. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Juice Pro Wrestling. This week, they sit down with Dan Perch, one of the up-and-coming referees on the independent circuit scene. Talk about where he's worked and so much more. That is this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. And on the 24-inch podcast, Steve Bennett and Dave Rollins this week, they take a deep dive into the main event of SummerSlam 1991, the match made in hell Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior against Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa. That is this week on a 24-inch podcast. If you're looking for non-wrestling related podcasts, check out Last Stop Penn Station with Carrie Silkin and Ian Riccaboni. They go into the life of Carrie Silkin. This week, Carrie Silken discusses Rick Flair. That's this week on Last Stop Penn Station. Also, check out the Castle Vault where they are diving into Disney+. Plus. This week, they discuss and review Marvel's The Avengers. That is this week on the Castle Vault. On Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, they kick off a discussion to determine the definitive top five songs from one of Weird Al's compilations, the Food Album, and it got some help from superfans Mike Minnick and Adrian Vasquez, that is, this week, on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. And check out Escape from Vault Disney, where this week they review and discuss Unidentified Flying Oddball. Yes, that is a movie. I had never heard of it until I listened to this. So check it out Escape from Vault Disney. And also check out Shark's Pond a South Park podcast where I watch and review each and every South Park episode. This week I review and discuss the season 13 episode Margaritaville that is this week on South Park a South or Shark's Pond a South Park podcast, excuse me. And for you sports fans, check out the JC and Bill Sportscast where this weekend we are previewing the NFL season. We're going to give you our picks as to who's going to win divisions, who's going to go to the playoffs, and ultimately, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Next week is a pretty loaded week because I will be reviewing All Out, plus I will be previewing and giving predictions to Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. If you could believe it, that show is next Sunday, September the 12th. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. Have a happy Labor Day weekend. And come back next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And until next time, wrestle on.